Hello everybody and welcome to this new episode. My name is Sarah and this is Amsterdamus, the podcast that introduces you to amazing women from Amsterdam. One of the biggest challenges when learning a new language can be overcoming yourself to actually speak it. Most of us feel embarrassed when their knowledge of this new language is not, as we feel, good enough yet, so we rather do not say anything, which does not really help mastering that language either. This is why Frederik Fabels and Ida van Kolwijk came up with an idea to support newcomers in the Netherlands. It is called Praat Nederlands with me. Speak Dutch with me. And today, in this episode, they will tell us what kind of idea this was. Hi, Frederik and Ida. Thanks for being with me today. Hi. Thanks, Thanks for having us. <laughs> How did you come up with the idea for Praat Nederlands with me? Well, I remember very well that at the beginning of the lockdown last year, uh, we were having, Ida and I were having coffee outside uh, with one of our neighbors who... Um, lives here now for two years and he's from Syria and he has a refugee background and he's learning the language, uh, going to classes and because of the lockdown he didn't speak to uh, a lot of Dutch natives anymore uh, and that became a little bit of a problem as his lessons continued and uh, he couldn't practice and keep up with the levels so we came up with the idea to uh, connect him with Uh, friends of us who had spare time and so we started just uh, connecting a few people matching people and more and more requests came in naturally and at some point we decided to put a form online to see if there were more Dutch people out there that wanted to do this um, small favor of speaking for a little bit every week and then it just took off And the good thing was that for a lot of Dutch speakers or a lot of people in general, there was uh, all of a sudden more free time to do this kind of thing. So, um, yeah, we got a lot of uh, friends and family and also colleagues that um, really wanted to do something. And this was a very easy way to help someone by just having a video call and speaking your own language and making time for someone else. How many people are currently working in your project? Do you mean practicing or uh, working behind the, the screens? Both, actually. Okay, well, we are a team of five um, making the matches and uh, well, organizing other things around it. And then we have, I think, around... Well, it recently got up a little bit, but I think around 400 couples Yeah, we recently also, or recently this week, uh, we were apparently mentioned somewhere and we got uh, more than 100 new applicants for doing the voluntary work, mostly very young people around 20 years old, which I think is pretty cool that they want to contribute uh, or help someone. Uh, so that's kind of exciting that in one week we have so many new people, which is great because we also have a waiting list 
with approximately the same amount of uh, um, non-natives. I already saw it today because I looked at your, your website and it says there's a waiting list and a lot of people seem to really like and support your project, which is which is awesome. And I hope this podcast will, will help you even more. So let's talk a bit about the, the hard facts. How long are the sessions? Are they free of charge? And what do people talk about during these sessions? Um, well, we're open for everyone who wants to learn the Dutch language. Um, that is quite important to us that we um, are open for anyone. And uh, the, the matching is also at random. So you can tell us when you're available during the week and how much you want to practice, which is either once or three times a week. Um, and then you are matched with someone that could be from any background and with any age. And then people um, can decide by themselves how long they want to practice, but we recommend 30 minutes uh, per, per session. Uh, but I guess a lot of people actually speak one hour when they speak each other. And we heard from some couples that they, um, well, really depends on the situation of uh, the person who is learning. But sometimes uh, people are really just talking about their week or they're reading articles together. Or uh, sometimes they read each other from uh, like a children's book or they help uh, with writing um a letter for like a job application so uh go for a walk if they live in the same city it, it really depends on what you like and um how you want to spend your time yeah it's pretty cool actually to discover that everyone is trying to um uh, to ask their buddy like what helps you or what do you want to work on and really discover that together what is the best way for them to practice the language. Which level of Dutch do you recommend for people to have in order to join your project as a non-native speaker, obviously? Uh, well, we always say that we're not uh, asking our bodies to teach Dutch. So we do recommend that people are following a course um, so that their body doesn't have to teach, but that they can really bring what they learn in class into practice by talking with a native speaker. So then, um, well, if they're <laughs> if they had their first classes and they're on their way to getting A1, uh, E1, which is the first level, then it's uh, already recommended to to join actually yeah so that means it could be some sort of additional training while people are still taking classes as soon as you know some dutch vocabs you could already start yes it's more of a of a practicing than a than a course it's really like um repeating and trying and well also getting the confidence knowing that people do understand you uh, outside of uh, your teachers um, really yeah trying it out in the in the outside world yeah and I think it's also um, just like you said in your introduction um, that overcoming is, you need to overcome something to start talking Dutch to someone 
And whatever that is, you can try that in a safe environment and a very in a very low key way um, in this program. Who are the people that have already signed up for your projects to practice Dutch? So far, I think um, over 500 people, but we also have a waiting list. Uh, so it could have been maybe more if we didn't put the waiting list there. Is there a specific type of people that uses this? You mentioned refugees earlier, or could that also be European expats, or isn't there a visible pattern to the people? Mm, I think that in terms of people that want to learn Dutch, um, we have so much variety, uh, people from different countries. We don't ask people about their backgrounds because we are open for anyone who wants to learn Dutch. Um, We have volunteers that are, uh, I think, 18 to 68 or something. And I think the people that want to learn Dutch are a little bit more in the middle of that. Um, but a very um, yeah, diverse group, I would say. It seems like in Amsterdam, non-Dutch people can easily survive without Dutch skills. Why would you still advise them to learn Dutch? Well, I wouldn't really advise anyone to learn Dutch, uh, but I think that if you want to, um, it's nice to be supported by people that have it as their native language. And I do know that it opens a lot of doors for people to, to know Dutch so that you have a lot of more job opportunities, but also just really participating on a, in a different way. wouldn't say it's better, but you just... Uh, yeah, you can you can make different friendships also when knowing Dutch and um, different doors are opening. So in that sense, we really want to support people uh, that want to try that. Do you feel like there's a difference in acceptance within the Dutch society when it comes to not learning Dutch? For example, with a U.S. American citizen, it would be okay if they didn't learn, and with someone from Morocco, it wouldn't be. Wait, so you're asking if if we think it's if someone from America would get accepted more easily if they try rather than someone from Morocco? Mm, well, I mean, for example, if we had two people that both decide they don't want to learn Dutch, and one is a U.S. American citizen and the other one is Moroccan. So would there be more acceptance within the Dutch society if the U.S. expat did that rather than the Moroccan person didn't do that? Well, I don't feel really comfortable. Personally, I don't feel really comfortable saying, um, speaking for our country, if we would be accepting towards anyone um, uh, reclining to uh, learn a lang the language, I think. I personally think it wouldn't really matter where you're coming from. I think actively saying, like, I don't want to learn language is not uh, something most people appreciate, I guess. Well, I guess that I understand your question, Sarah, but uh, it's difficult to answer. But I, I do think that people, um, well, that's, there is a... For, of course, for some people, it is mandatory to learn a language. And for others, it's more of a voluntary thing. Um, and therefore, we see it different. 
or um, it's a it's a quite a complicated question I think um, maybe we we can try different uh, ask the question differently like because it's, uh, I think it's an interesting subject but talking about it in this way makes me personally feel a little bit uncomfortable sure I was just thinking about because I personally learned Dutch with the class from the Gemeente in Amsterdam and I remember it was quite a difference when I had to take the final test I did not see many Europeans there and I also didn't see many uh, people from uh, North America for example so I don't know if it was about applying for citizenship or if there's any difference but I felt I saw more people from North Africa, for example, or from uh, the previous Dutch colonies, for example. Yeah, so it's more common that um, expats uh, don't learn the language as they can come around pretty easily with English and as their surroundings are usually um, very international. Whereas um, people that fled to our country um, or doesn't come for, you know, a job or like expats come from for an experience for example they come for more i don't know serious reasons um they usually don't have that surroundings and those opportunities i guess to uh, come around with just english so i think there you already have a, a reason why they're more they usually have to work harder uh, language-wise to uh, you know, start a life. Well, we think it has a positive effect on people's confidence if they don't, if we don't treat them as people with a disadvantage that need our help. And also, aside from that, we think facilitating a connection with a native Dutch speaker is more natural when they are not paid to talk to them. And then, additionally, of course, um, some people have to do the inburgering. The integration by, um, by for example, the the municipality, um, and other people don't. So um, that is probably what you why you <laughs> why you were surprised when you were doing your final Dutch exam, um, and I guess yeah, that I mean some people from. Uh, Syria can also speak very well English and could also, uh, you know, study in English and work in English, but they have to learn Dutch because of our uh, rules in the Netherlands. So that is um, that is a difference between people from the US, for example. If people applied for asylum in the Netherlands, would it be mandatory to learn Dutch? Yeah, it is mandatory then. Is there a certain level to it? Do they have to pass a certain test or do they just have to prove that they're taking classes? Yeah, they do have to pass a test and the level actually went up or is going up soon. Um, I think now the level is going to be B1, which is quite high, actually. Uh, I don't know which which uh, which level you have, but I know that um, it's not all Dutch people even have B1, not all Dutch native speakers speak to that level. 
so it's quite high. Actually, the the general or how do you say the average um, level is B one, which is interesting because it's lower than than what you need to speak when you integrate. I'm thinking now. I actually thought my level would be somewhere around B2, but now that you're saying average is B1, I'm not so sure anymore. <laughs> so, but I think the test that I had to take was B2, but that's also a few years ago, so that probably has changed. Uh, what made you motivated yourself to go for the test? Multiple reasons. So my family has Dutch roots, even though I've never really learned the language. But I figured out later that a lot of terms and phrases that my family used, which I thought to be German, were actually Dutch. But I only found out about that when I started to, to speak the language properly. And I have lived in a few countries before, and I always tried with more or less success, but at least I tried to learn the language. Because I think, first of all, it's, it's basic to understand the country and to connect with the people. And second of all, from my point of view, it's just courtesy. You are the newcomer in this country. You are the guest, in quotes. So it is your job to give it your best shot to actually integrate. And of course, I understand that it takes time. Nobody wakes up the next morning and speaks Dutch. But I think everybody should make an, an effort on their side. Have you personally experienced um, that struggle that finding opportunities to practice with a Dutch native? Well, I think in the beginning, the problem was mostly that when I tried to speak Dutch, people would automatically switch to English, maybe because they wanted to show off that their English is better than my Dutch, which was not a challenge at that point, or they thought it would be just quicker to switch to English instead of waiting for me to finish my sentence in Dutch. But I actually think got, I got a lot of opportunities to practice in Dutch because I'm a journalist, so I interview people. And this really helped with speaking Dutch. And even after seven years in the country with some interviews, if it's a very specific topic, I'm still struggling with the vocab. But I think that would be the same in English if it's just about very specific architecture or very specific political terms, I think I would get stuck in most languages. Yeah, we, we were just talking about the fact that Dutch people love to speak English and how it really <laughs> makes practicing hard for people and um, when there's always a switch quite fast. Yeah, and it's always... Uh, it's, sorry, it's also sometimes problematic because um, not everyone necessarily speaks English that comes here. Sometimes they only speak the language from their own country. And I did um, experience sometimes that someone starts speaking English back while the person didn't also speak English. So then it's a little bit awkward and you have to really go out and actively say like I also don't speak English which is a bit of a painful situation and it happens quite often and not everyone always uh, has the courage to then respond in this way and will just maybe nod and the connection or the conversation stops. 
And I guess if you have a person that maybe speaks some English and some Dutch, it will just be more confusing because they tend to mix up languages if the other person switches from Dutch to English and back. So I think this is also not helping anyone. Definitely, yeah. Do you have a personal success story so far with a person that you talk to in your Dutch sessions? Or maybe not you personally, but one of your, your volunteers? Well, yesterday um, I talked to one of the volunteers to ask her about uh, how she's experiencing it. And she started actually uh, already eight months ago. So they've been uh, practicing for quite a while every week. And they're doing one hour each time. They just decided that for themselves. And I thought it was pretty cool that they found a way um, to practice uh, in a way that would work out for him, the the guy who is from Turkey. And he said he would like to read articles from the newspaper because he also had a subscription for the Volkskrant. And he wanted to understand better what is happening um, like on a daily basis in our country and at the same time learn the language so they just started reading articles to each other and they also found a way to yeah express a little bit how they what is their take on the well opinions that you read in in the newspaper and like very slowly and carefully talk about these subjects i think is pretty cool We also heard from one of our volunteers um, that he and his buddy really became friends and they have very interesting and personal conversations. They never actually met because they live one hour away from each other, but they, they can actually keep this very personal um, yeah, way of, of speaking with each other because they are actually in their own space, in their own house, um, and also talking in a different way than they would normally do with their friends in their in their spare time because they speak slower so they had a very special um friendship uh through through our platform so we were really uh, happy to to hear that i also think it's very important what you just said that this project gives people the opportunity to practice dutch in the space safe space of their home because Sometimes it can be very difficult to practice the language at the supermarket where everything is rushed and you don't really have the time to, to ask the person at the checkout again what they said. Or if you are in a cafe or in a bar, it's very noisy, so it's very difficult to understand. Yeah, I think that's very um, important to, uh, in our concept as well, that it's very low-key, not just for people who want to learn the language, but also for people who want to try voluntary work. As I've also heard uh, people say they were kind of uh, nervous about taking the step. And as the barrier wasn't that high, uh, as we don't have many rules and it doesn't take up that much time, uh, people make this first step and were very proud that they did as they found out it can also be pretty fun. What would be your advice for people that now after listening to this want to try a session? but they are maybe a bit shy about their Dutch level? Well, speaking and practicing is the fast and the best and also the most fun way to learn a language. So when they feel a spark of motivation, they should just hold on to it and really try it. And 
if they have someone in front of them that is patient and that is really there just to listen and to talk and to try, uh, they should really use that opportunity. And I couldn't think of a reason not to, to try that. Yeah, maybe also remember that the other person is also trying out something new and can also be excited because of that or curious to see how it goes. So I think both sides uh, are stepping into something new. How can people support your project? Uh, we're uh, doing a crowdfund um, because everyone, including us, is doing this 100% voluntary and next to our paid jobs. So we don't have that much time and everything is going manually at the moment, like the matching and uh, the website and uh, our communication to the world. So it takes quite some time and some money as well as we need to pay for our website. Uh, and we want to um, invest in a, in a software system that allows us to make more matches and check in with the matches after some time. So we're doing a crowdfund at the moment, but it would be a one-time thing. So this is just to make sure we can become a foundation, register ourselves in order for us to um, actually get funds so we can continue and, um, uh, how do you say, um, professionalize or improve, improve our organization and our quality to in our service. I'm not sure... Uh, what the end date is at the moment I think it's the 1st of July right or not the 11th the 11th okay um, so people can um, donate to our crowdfund till the 11th of July and at the moment we also have a t-shirt uh, that you can buy um, it's really um, well it's beautiful I think uh, it's a design um, or a drawing by an artist uh, who lives very close to our house um, and it's uh, is being um, I don't sorry I can't <laughs> explain this I'm, I'm gonna do it too, way too long can you explain it more quick Friedrich? Uh, well the t-shirt is pretty cool like Ida said um, it's uh all, all of the people participating in it in this t-shirt lives in very close uh, to our house in the same neighborhood. Um, so it became a little bit of a neighborhood initiative. And the drawing is made by an artist, um, Hannah Celsius. And the t-shirt will be printed by the Superetta, who is uh, a company close to here as well, who prints environmental friendly. And then Skate Cafe is going to help us out with handing out the T-shirts. So we don't uh, have the resources to send T-shirts to everyone who buys one. So it is um, necessary for everyone who buys one to pick it up themselves. But they can do that it's in Skate Cafe after they're printed. And of course, I will also make sure to put all the links to your website and to the crowdfunding uh, in the show notes so people can support you and maybe even they can sign up if they feel like it as a volunteer or as a non-Dutch person. And I personally wish you a lot of success with your project. I think what you're doing is, is really great and I hope it helps a lot of people. And of course, Ida and, and Frederik, I want to thank you for being with me today and taking the time to talk about this amazing project. 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for asking questions and giving us a platform. And this also marks the end of today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Stay tuned if you want to meet more amazing women from Amsterdam. And please don't forget to follow Amsterdamers on Instagram and on Facebook. Thanks and take care, everybody. Bye.